Welcome to the Raw Food Health Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Salmon, Certified Holistic Health Coach and author of You Can Afford to Be Healthy. And this podcast looks at a holistic approach to health from a multi-generational and multinational perspective of women of color. You ready? Uh-huh. Okay. I'm so excited for this podcast. You have no idea. I wanted to have a conversation with you and share it with my audience for the longest time. And finally, we get to do that um, because the technology has been made available. So thank you so much for taking the time out to do this. Yes. Um, You're welcome. So just to give a little background on what what I envision for the podcast. And then I would like for you to like, you know, tell me what your goals are too. Um, so mom, um, do you want to introduce yourself to everyone? Okay. My name is Dorel Hilton, the mother of Samantha Salmon. (laughs) I am from the country of Jamaica. I came here when I was 19 Mm-hmm. I will be 66 years old in September, but functioning at about 40 years of age, yeah. which I'm very grateful for. Yeah. Um, this is the whole premise for the show. My mom is a Jamaican-born, retired small business owner. She's part of the baby boomer generation. And I am Samantha Salmon, Certified Holistic Health Coach, author of You Can Afford to Be Healthy, like you heard in the intro. And I'm an American-born, first-generation American, um, born health and wellness entrepreneur from Generation Y, because uh, I was born in a- 1986, right? So according to researchmaniacs.com, Generation Y thinks anything is possible and the world is a smaller place for them due to the internet and communication. America is not the only place in the world. And like Generation X, they have seen it all, but they want to do something about it. They're smart and they want to get educated in this competitive world. Um, For the baby boomer generation, a lot of social change happened during that time. So they were born after the war And for the Americans, they were basically focused on America as a culture, as a whole, and not individual survival. Civil rights in the Vietnam War, Martin Luther King, the Kennedy assassination, the first man on the moon, and the Nixon resignation are just some of the events that describe and define the baby boomer generation. Now, um, how does this tie into health and wellness? Everything. I am so inspired by my mom because she shows that anything is possible in terms of what you can achieve in life. And we will definitely dig in, hopefully, and talk about that a lot on the on the podcast. Um, You've already arrived at Earth with what you need to be successful. And she's an immigrant and doesn't have a bunch of degrees, yet she has accomplished a lot and has been a huge success and a huge inspiration in my life. Actually, every day I'm working to be more and more like her. And I, and I notice, and I know the people around me notice who know you, mom, um, can see that there's no way to escape that because I am very much like you, especially the older I get. But just in terms of your accomplishments and, and, and specifically your wisdom, your wisdom is what I want to share with everyone because 
like the story of how you grew up and all the stuff you had to deal with. I mean, that's what you had to go through because you were growing up poor in a rural area of Jamaica. But now we know that all of this actually is the healthiest way to live and all of that shaped you. And I think a lot of people today, the millennial generation, even my generation and um, Americans, I think are missing some of that, some of that ancient wisdom that you still have a piece of that. And so I want to memorialize that, keeping that in this podcast so it lives in the digital space and we have access to it. My mom is known as the hair doctor, the beauty shop counselor, and the prayer warrior, and the comedian. So, (laughs) right? I mean, you're all of those things. That's how you're you're most known. And your perspective is so grounding and, like I said, full of wisdom. And I'm just so blessed to share our conversation with you all. So, um, like... Part of what I said here about what um, researchmaniacs.com said regarding um, the baby boomer generation in America. Now, in Jamaica, West Indies, they're definitely following, like, everywhere in the world what's happening in America. So I'm pretty sure those things affected you as well. Like, mm-hmm. how do you feel like your generation in Jamaica was affected? How your mentality was shaped? How do you feel like your generation well, from Jamaica is well, different? Um, you mean in comparison to living in Jamaica and living in the United States? Yeah, in terms because of like, like how you feel like your generation is different from mine, especially given the fact that you were born and raised in Jamaica. Oh, I think, I think your generation is a little more open than ours. It's, it's like um, we were a lot more restricted. You're, you guys are very free. In you're free way? to... In, to voice your opinion, mm-hmm. f- uh, freer lifestyle. Um, we were more sheltered in that sense. Like um, we, we weren't uh, supposed to speak when adults were speaking. We couldn't even join into a conversation. Mm. So it wasn't, it, it, we were restricted. Let's put it that way. You can call it the restricted zone. That's where we're from. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and I don't think it's a bad thing because I think that's what kind of ground me today because of the discipline that I got when I was a child growing up. Like, if you see two adults are talking and you want to play or want to be seen, you go to the backyard. You don't stay in the front where the adults are standing. We were very grounded, very disciplined, mm-hmm. which, which I try to use the same discipline on my children. To, and, and to get it straight and get it clear, I have two kids and I have no problem with them where discipline is concerned because my kids live by example. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to really say much. Just know what they're supposed to do and what they're not supposed to do. And I can talk were very important with my kids, so... To really compare it and see, I, I came here when I was 19. So, like, I didn't have that much of a growing up because I become like an a adult at 14 because my, my dad got sick at a very young age and I had to take care of my baby sister who is nine years, nine years um, younger than me. 
And then I had to take care of my other sister and my other brother and my brother. So I took care of three kids plus help with my dad at 14. So it, it was a responsibility I took on as an adult. And that kind of helped uh, give me a focus on life. And this, I, I, I contribute all that to my success, to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Having those huge responsibilities yes. at a young age. Yes. Yeah. So what was going on with and, your dad? Um, my dad, to be quite honest with you, my dad, um, he wasn't a healthy person from what I could see. He, he used to be a farmer, but he didn't really take care of himself. I don't even remember if he smoked or if he drank, because I've never seen him do any of that. But he, he developed high blood pressure. And uh, he had a, a, a lump at the back of his neck, and he had a, a cousin that was very, very, very vain. She was, and she didn't like her cousin to go around with a lump in his, the back of his neck. And she had him remove the lump, and walk in the sun after removal of the lump. Didn't stay in a hospital or a clinic. And he almost bled to death. And I think, it, I think that affect his nerve. Not that he had mental problem, but he was nervous. He was shaking. It caused some interruption in his, in his brain. And we, until this day, we couldn't find out what it was. But then he got sick. He developed, um, he had high blood pressure. And I think something went wrong with his liver. Either his liver or his lungs, something like that. As a matter of fact, he caught pneumonia and died. That's how he... He aged very rapidly from being sick, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how old was he when he died? 76. Yeah, that's pretty young. Mm-hmm. His mother died at 84. Okay, so that's basically the background, you know... You had to take on this responsibility uh-huh. and um, at a young age, which you attribute to your, what would you say that like made the big, I think for me, like when I look at you, I find you to be very resilient and very wise in your decision-making, your financial strategy blows my mind. And, you know, you've really set yourself up for success in your in your life, just throughout your life, and especially since you're like winding down with work and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, you know, let me just confirm something before you go any further. Um, yeah. You said something about gr- growing up very poor in Jamaica. At the time when we were growing up, we didn't compare it to be poor. We didn't see it as being poor because we didn't have anything to compare it with. Mm-hmm. But we thought that's we thought we were just average people because growing up there was people doing worse than we you know we were. We had land. We we had people cultivate on our land. We leased it out for people to cultivate. We had uncles who who was farmers. My dad do farming. We have gardens of vegetable and all kind of ground provision. We mm-hmm. have fruit trees. We have all kind of fruits you can think of. And. That's how we basically lived. We, we, um, our meals wasn't the same thing every day, different meals every day, but mostly vegetarian meals, to be honest with you. Because living there, and if you're not rich, you don't eat meat every day. Mm-hmm. That's only for rich folks. We would have meat only on Sunday. 
maybe chicken one time a week, fish one time a week, but all the rest of the days would be vegetables or some kind of beans or vegetable or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. But it's when I come to this country, I realize how rich we were. I don't know if you can understand that. We realize how much resources we had. Mm-hmm. We weren't, to compare it, all we needed was some cash money. But we had everything else. Because down there you didn't have to buy no fruits or vegetable. Nothing really more than if you're going to go buy meat or flour. But we had everything. Mm-hmm. We, had a, we made our own sugar. We had everything. Made our own coffee. How did you make your own sugar? But from sugar cane. So you had, had a sugar cane press? We have a sugar cane mill. And we had um, horses and donkeys that pulled the mill. So who, so, see, this oh, you is didn't fascinating. Know that, no, I didn't even know that. You leave, and home, I, you leave home too early. And, I'm, and I've been to Catadupa. I don't even see Oh, no, but where. when you went there, when you went there, that was taken down, though. Because remember, those are what my uncles were doing, and they're all gone now, so. But we had, we had acres and acres of sugar cane. So mm-hmm. we used to make our own sugar. We grew up on molasses. And cane juice. Mm-hmm. That's why our brothers and all of us have such strong, except me, have such strong teeth. Because they used to use their teeth and eat and bite the cane and tear the cane. And you'd keep their teeth so nice and clean, that trash, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, but we had, we had resources. It's just that you need laborers in order to do those things, you know? Yeah. But my, you, my you dad ended up with... Huh? You had the family, everyone in the family. Seemed right, like. but my dad ended up with five girls. So if girls wasn't going to do farming. <laughs> uh, yes, but um, we, we, we weren't, um, we weren't, we were poor, but we're in poverty. Let's put it that way. So when you say girls don't do farming, I mean, what, what was the role of women? Well, no, land? when I said girl, no, they, they didn't want their girls to go, go do farming. Like we were allowed to plant our own little gardens. If we want to plant vegetable or, or uh, my, my garden was really flower garden. Because I like plants and I love okay. flowers. Okay, I see. Mm-hmm. So then what did you all eat back then? Like what? what like what was eat? your daily, you said you ate something different every day. So just a snapshot of a day, you know, okay. you're 10 you years like old, you, what's you breakfast, like lunch, all, dinner? You see like how Americans eat collard green? Mm-hmm. We had a thing called Kalaloo, mm-hmm. right? So we, we have green boiled bananas with Kalaloo, and on the side of that, they'll put codfish. That's a meal. That's breakfast? No, no. sometimes we have that for dinner. Oh. But that's so, healthy. That's healthy because the green banana, that's iron. Mm-hmm. And your, your, your Kalaloo is protein. Mm-hmm. Now, mom used to tell us that when she gave us codfish, she said, no, this is not nourishment. It's only a relish because what happened to codfish, it's cured. It's dried out. There's nothing in there. Mm-hmm. So when you eat codfish, you only eat it for the taste of it. It's not like you're having nutrition because it's not nutritious. Right. And in, a, in America now, we've, we found out the World Health Organization has said that cured meat 
is is toxic. It's carcinogenic. It's, to- it's very toxic. Yeah. So when when you guys would call it cured, though, is that just dehydrated and salted? You or- want to know something, though? And uh, let me flip back the coin and tell you something. We had a family member who was a butcher, and we ourselves we we raised cattle. Mm-hmm. We had our own pigs, our own goats, our own chickens. See, this is where I'm going back now into life and looking back at our life. Yeah. We weren't really that poor. You see, I have siblings who think we were poor because when you come to this country, you see how people live and you compare it to the way we live. We had to labor for what we want. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. We were really laborers, but we do it for our own self. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like you want to eat a chicken? Oh yeah, you have to go out there and get that chicken neck off and, and pluck the chicken, pour the boiling water on the chicken and pluck the feathers off. You, you put the rest of the chicken over the, 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 the fire to swinge the feather because you don't want no feather on your meat. But we have to work for what we want to eat. Yeah. Okay. But, um, I mean, looking back at it now, I don't think, I think if you're not a lazy person, you wouldn't consider it as a poor life. Mm-hmm. It's a way of life. Yes. And the one of the, well, there's a lot of things that I love about that is that one, you had community, you mentioned the family was there all working on something different. Oh yeah. And so you had lots of variety to eat because Mm -hmm. everyone was working and contributing. Mm -hmm. Plus you have that, that, that social interaction and just being amongst the community. Like we know from research that that contributes to a long, healthy life. Yes. Which in today's day and age in America, um, most people don't really have that. Like, we're just very disconnected. Even with social media and everything, we we don't really have that um, sense of community where you know your neighbors and, Mm-mm. you know. It's, it's a different, it's a total, total different lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. It is completely different. And if you if you know that it's it's it if you know that it's such a wonderful life, it was a wonderful life. I can tell it was a wonderful life. Um, as I say, some of my siblings, especially my older sister, she wouldn't see it that way. Because mm-hmm. she never wanted to be poor and she considered that a poor life. But if you want to know how beautiful a life it is, you have people that go back to Jamaica very frequently just to have some of that life so it couldn't be all that bad Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right you know you want you want like an environment where you can kind of slow down and reconnect to nature which Catadupa allows for that well you went you went there Sam and you saw you saw how I embraced the nature yeah, like I, you, had, I just, you had your shoes off running yes. through the fields. I'm like, Ew. I just could not get enough of it. I couldn't get enough of it. And we have fresh spring water every day. Because you had a well? Yeah, we have, yes. Uh, um, spring, coming from the spring. And it so come, how'd you get the waters? You remember the place where I stopped and they have it, they call it a dam, a place that stores the water. It's okay. tour, it comes into the dam. The, the, uh, the thing filled up and it, when it overflowed, the water just run down like a river and it runs through the stream and mm-hmm. it goes to, you know, goes a very long way. And people go there and they wash their clothes with the rest in of the, the water. water. 
Yeah, that running away. You know, that running down from the dam. Mm-hmm. So to but get the drinking water, you go you, straight to the dam? You go straight to the dam and get your water. And how you get the water from the dam? We have big we have big pans that carry the water, big kerosene pans. Okay. People are yep. going to have to Google kerosene pans. You just carry it then from, from oh, the man. dam? Oh, man. Let me tell you, that was fascinating. We put it on our head. They didn't have handles? Some of them do, but who's going to tear their, their arm out with something? <laughs> but that was for drinking. So you that have was to for do that every day? Oh, and by the way, we set up our own. Um, we would have our own little, you call it reservoir, but they're barrels, you know, that you catch water, rainwater. Mm-hmm. Because what we used to have on top of the roof is zinc roof and the water run off the zinc, run into the barrels. And we would store the water for, for all kind of stuff, for bathing and cooking and, you know. Wow. Yeah. It was, you know, it's just like how people go camping here. We, we yeah. live camp life. So that's, that's the whole thing, right? Because I remember I was telling you about the fact that... Um, with this lead. So when I worked in commercial property management, I did a lead lead certification, which is uh, leadership in energy and environmental design, which these, you know, class A properties, they spend a lot of money to get certified lead, either silver, gold, or platinum, Uh right? The higher the rating, the more sustainable they are, the greener they are. And then the, the leasing agents, they use that as like a carrot, basically, to attract companies because people, especially millennials, want to live in environmentally friendly mm-hmm. buildings, right? So one of the things that they talk about in the certification is um, uh, low-flow or no-flow toilets, one of them being uh, composting toilets, mm-hmm. right? Of course, you wouldn't have that in a Class A building, but... That's basically, when I researched a composting toilet, it's thousands of dollars to get that here. But that's something that you guys just had to use, right? You had an outdoor, outdoor toilet. Bathroom. And when, it, when we think we have enough feces in there, we fill it up with soil. Mm. <laughs> well, that, that, that's one of the most disgusting things. Like, I, <laughs> I tell you something, that was the only thing that I didn't like. All my years of growing up, if I was supposed to mm-hmm. change anything and everything remained the same, the toilet would have been different. But then, <laughs> when I think of it, where my yeah. sister lives in Suffolk County, they have the same thing. It's called a cesspool. Oh, yes. Yeah? It's called a cesspool. And you have to be careful where you walk because you can fall into it. Oh. So all that... F- Yes, it's called a cesspool. <laughs> it's just that you don't go out in an outdoor. You do it from inside your house, and it goes into a cesspool. So what we really had was the same thing, but we build, we, we call it a latrine. We, we build oh. a thing over it, and it, it has two seats, one for male and one for female. But why would they have one different for men? Well, you know, the, the, let's say two people want to go to the bathroom. Even the school I was going to, it was the same thing. The school had it. So who would, so, okay, so at home, you, you was eight of you, basically, right? You had seven siblings. So whose job was it to, to take care the, of the, the, um, the toilet, it wasn't hard to take care of. It yeah. was wooden floor, you know. So you just oh. sweep it out, clean it out, and it's outdoor. It stay clean. 
So you're sweeping out you sweep, and it feces? No, no, Sam. The feces don't go on the floor. It goes, it's a big, deep, deep, deep hole they dig when you're putting up those things, you know. Okay. And you know what period of time that your toilet would be filled. But you don't wait till it full up because you have to fill it now with soil as that one. And then you move your toilet and put it to a different place. That was the only thing growing up that grossed me out. Everything for me was just perfect. <laughs> I would love to see a video oh, of how no. that gets I used done. to get nightmare. <laughs> I used to get nightmare that I fall inside of one of them. Are yes, I used to get nightmare. Because I know if I go down there, I don't want to come back up. Because things... And my nightmares growing up in the inner city of New York is just huge rats mm -hmm. and, and there's, there's worse things <laughs> and gun, being yeah. shot I've always had that nightmare but I've actually I haven't had it since I left Chicago, but to be quite so honest with you I say this all the time and I say it again and I say it with conviction if it comes a time that I have to leave this country to go back to my country now it changes you know, things change in there because the, 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 the baby boomers which, of course, you know, they're mm -hmm. my age or older. Some of them is dead. Mm -hmm. Some of them is sick. Some of them is not in good health. So when you go back, you don't expect things to be the same because things changes. But mm -hmm. I would still embrace the lifestyle I, because it's, it's, it's embedded in me. That is, right. it wasn't so bad after all. Because I'm, I'm a nature person. I think that's why. That's why I like it. I like the grass. I like the dirt. I can't stand concrete. I think concrete is very bad for your health. No, seriously, because <laughs> you can keep good yeah. health if you can walk on a ground that don't on have chemicals and yeah. stuff in it. I read yeah. that somewhere where it's good for your health because things go through the bottom of your foot. And I used to walk barefoot. Right. You notice when I went on vacation, I took my shoes off. I can okay. believe it. All right. <laughs> Because I was born in concrete, right. so it's like, I, you know. No, I love, I love any place that I can walk barefoot and feel the grass on my foot. Yeah. So, okay, so, so back to the question of what did you eat back then? Breakfast, lunch, okay. dinner. All right, so you for had bre for breakfast, boiled banana and sausage for, breakfast, for dinner. We would have, mm -hmm. like, roast breadfruit. With, oh, I know. Good. Isn't that some roast breadfruit? And at that time, ackee was my favorite because, you know, ackee is, is like this fruit, fruit, how do they say it now? I, I still don't know if ackee is a fruit or a... Thing. I mean, they call it, they call it a fruit, but right. you cook it. But the ackee... You could eat it raw, ackee, though, right? Yeah, you have to cook it. You can't eat it raw. The, uh, you steam it, really. Ackee, and they serve mm -hmm. it with codfish. And you have that for breakfast, ackee and codfish. And, you know, we, we make our own coffee. It didn't come from the store. That was delicious. So if you didn't have fish every day, then what would, else would you eat with the ackee? No, we, we don't have ackee every day. But when you do eat ackee, it's served with codfish. So the next day we could have okay. breadfruit and kalaloo or fried dumpling and kalaloo. But if it varies... And some morning okay. we eat the same thing every day, and it don't. Some week the same thing, it don't bother us. Well, we like it, but mm -hmm. we have a lot of fruits. Can we come on? We come like what kind of fruits? We have oranges, papaya, mango, plums, um, uh, guineps, guineps, yeah, um, star apples, 
grapefruit, oranges, a lot of a lot of variety of fruits. Tanger, tanger. Like when we come for lunch from school, it's only food to eat mm-hmm. and go back to school. Hmm. And then what would be for lunch? That's what I said. When we come for lunch, we have fruits. Eat a whole bunch of fruits. Oh, so you would have cooked food for breakfast. And fruits for lunch. And then lunch. Fruits for co- lunch. That's and we come home and we have dinner. We- and you didn't have any gas? No. So what is that? <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> Because your body, your body, get, your body gets used to it. Hours and, you know, Sam, you must remember, we were young. We play a lot. Because in school, we have to go on recess. And you mm-hmm. know, when you, when you get, when you're active and you move around, you, you express gas without any issue. <laughs> it's when people sit down a lot and they don't move. That, you know, you fill up with that stuff. But if, if you're very active, mm-hmm. those things don't bother you. I see. And then dinner was cooked. Dinner, cook, dinner, yeah, cook. So basically, you, you had breakfast, you went to mm-hmm. school, where you walked to school, uh-huh. basically. School was, ne- school was then- actually next door. You could look over to the school from, you know. I mean. I see. So, so you walked home for lunch. Yes. And ate lunch home and then walked yes. back to school. Who prepared all the food? You mean for dinner? Yeah, all the meals, the breakfast and the Well, dinners. you know, when mom was home, she was the one who, who did the, the cooking. When she was home, so... When she, when, when when say, she started working, when my dad gets sick, I did the cooking. Mm. So that's something you had to do Oh, yeah, that's, that's, not a, that's not um, a decision. That's, that was an obligation. You had to, and it's, it's, it's in the West Indies. That's how it always be. It's, it's like nobody assigned you to nothing. You just know that you, it's automatic. You know, you have to do it. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because someone asked me this week, you know, she said she doesn't feel the motivation to uh, work out. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was thinking about it. Me, I just finished recording Monday show for tomorrow. And I was thinking about me, like, I don't really have motivation to do the things that I do, like meal prepping, uh, working out, all that stuff. I just decide. Like, I made a decision a while back, Mm -hmm. and it's just in my schedule, and I just do it. It sounds very much like what you're saying. You know, you just have a responsibility. Exactly. Like, the way I look, what you just said a while ago. Okay, so Mm -hmm. I'm home alone, right? Mm -hmm. And I always say this to people, if you're... If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And there are certain mm-hmm. things in life, like if I fail to prepare my meals, I plan to get sick. I am planning mm-hmm. to get sick. If I fi- Or for you, you would probably starve. I don't know about starve. I think out. I'll be sick because I think, I think my, my meal is my medicine. Let's put it that way. So mm-hmm. when I come in the kitchen, I'm in the pharmacy. Yeah. And especially the way that I, so, I pronounce it, pharmacy, <laughs> F-A-R-M. <laughs> so what, what does your diet look like these days? Oh, my goodness. That's another story. That's a different story totally. My oh. basic diet. It might sound strange when I tell everybody that every morning I start out my morning with, um, I spend a lot of money on lemons. Because for years, I've been drinking warm lemon water the first thing in the morning. 
60. The lemon farmers was like, hey. I know. And the lemon is expensive. I end up buying lemon for all a dollar for one lemon. And you know you could grow that right outside because I've seen houses on the block in Queens with lemon But if trees. I ever put any more trees in my house, I don't know. i probably get a violation. But I, I, do, <laughs> I do lemon and warm water every morning. And uh, now you really let me put my business out there. And I have a bowl of salad. Ever since you, you show me how to make salad dressing without using salad dressing, because I think that's one of the things that they turn me off from eating salad. I don't like that mushy, wetty, wetty, uh, <laughs> sweety, sweety, concentrated stuff on my, my greens. You know what I'm saying? But ever since yeah. you show me how I can use my seasoning and my olive oil, and I love raw onion, by the way. I'm, a, I'm an onion person. I hope you don't make me sick because I eat onion like you're going out of style and it has to be raw. So <laughs> I eat a bowl of salad every morning, which include raw onions and uh, tomato, avocado, which I think I'm going to kind of slow down because I think I consume too much of it. And I, I like bell pepper. I put bell pepper in my, in my salad. But I just like that raw stuff, you know, in the morning. And the mm -hmm. reason why I do mm -hmm. raw in the morning, because I get energy from it. And my body is so used to it that if I get up one morning and I have a slice of toast or something dry and just have whatever I'm drinking, I feel like I'm just lugging, like I have no energy. So I'm convinced that the raw helped me, give me a jump start in the morning. So you don't do fruits in the morning? I do fruits for lunch. Yeah, I do oh, fruits. Okay. I do fruits for lunch, and it helps me a lot because, what, especially if I'm at work, it it doesn't take much time to eat, to you know, to eat um, the fruits like we take to eat a meal, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you just have a smoothie, or you just eat? The I whole eat. Fruit? Uh, sometimes I take a fruit bowl, or or I bring a smoothie. It varies, you know. Okay. What kind of fruits are you eating these okay, days? Okay, like I eat banana. Strawberry, blueberries, oranges. I don't do too much pear because we don't get good pear here. And I do apples. So then what's for dinner? Okay. Dinner sometimes is, um, I, I get this, um, the quinoa, and I do it with mixed vegetable and sweet potato. And sometimes I, I use the, the stir-fry vegetable which is, um, it have all different kind of veg. If you know what stir-fry vegetable, it has, um, what do you call them things? Mushrooms, carrots. Um, it's frozen? Yeah, beans, yeah. Mm -hmm. You get it from Right, the big bag of it, yeah. <clears throat> and I do salad sometimes for dinner too, you know? It depends. I like the kale salad. But I put it in the food processor. And what I do with that, I make my nice kale salad with... Um, with cranberries and, and um, sunflower seeds, and I mix it with quinoa and just eat it like that. But I, mm. I make my meals pretty... That's a gourmet, Ma. You got to spend like $13, $15 to get a meal no, like no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> Things are sweet. Because I buy these big bags of cranberry, so mm -hmm. I'll always have cranberry. So I take a handful and do what I want to do with it. You know what I'm saying? This, you're talking about dried cranberry. Dried cranberry, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
But um, it, it, and you know, I'm not too much of, I, I like to make my own juice. Uh, I do the juicing in the morning sometimes, but I ease up off it a little because I find that the kind of juice that I was drinking, like the carrots, it's too sweet with the beet. Mm. Um, so when I do make carrot now, I do carrot and cucumber and ginger. You know what is, I think, excellent for everyone to drink is celery juice. Oh, oh, Sam, did I tell you I love celery? Celery juice is the bomb.com. It, the amount of benefits that you get from celery no, I juice just is love, just, is I ridiculous. just love celery, though. Like, I'll, I'll never... I'll never make a um. I'll never make juice and don't put celery in there. That's the number one thing I have mm. on the list for juicing. But you see, when I'm making soup, I use mm-hmm. a lot of celery. When I'm making cabbage, I would never make cabbage without celery because what I find out about putting celery in your cabbage, it make it very moist. By the way, are we into this thing? Are we? Are we supposed to be doing this? People want to know, especially. Your people, they want to know how you eat and how you live and why you look so good, why you have so much energy and no problems. Well, don't (laughs) lie, you know. I I don't see things as problem, though. I'm going to tell you something about, now that you touch that, we create our own problem. Ooh, preach. Okay, don't get me started. (laughs) I know, because you are the one that told me, and you said it a few times, but finally... You know, because sometimes people need to hear things five, seven times before it really sink in. But you said you create your own happiness. Oh, I do. And that was that was like a big thing for me to digest and understand. And it changed okay, a lot. Okay, because my host, like, my host yesterday, my host visitors today, I won't call no name. My host visitor, when my yeah. host visitor came, I wasn't going to pipi or anything, but I pipi or something for him. No, I wasn't going to pipi or anything. But when he came, I said, I'm doing this because of you. And when my house visitors start to talk all these things from the past, and I said to him, I says, you know, that's, that's kind of um, very negative and I don't want to hear it because you're supposed to be focusing on the future and, and be more positive. So, mm-hmm. and, I, and all I can think of is my happiness. You know what I did? I said, oh, I fixed your plate to go, you know, because I serve him something. I serve him soup and a special bread. So I said, I fix a plate. You can take it with you, and I still have to go hit the store. Okay, that's I, I, when I look outside. It was kind of drizzling, so I tell him I'm not going to the store again. But when I packed the bag, it was ready to go, and that I was mm-hmm. trying to clean my environment at that moment to make it a little more positive wow. because I choose my day to be happy. So if if I had hmm. if I had let's say thirty minutes of unhappiness, the rest of the time was very happy. Because I clean that area. You, you get what I'm trying to say? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And I love my house guest to death. But my happiness means a lot to me. Okay. Yeah. We have to talk about this at one Exactly. Point because there are people who, in our community, um, like, they want to do a thing for their health. Like, let's say they want to eat plant-based, void of any animal product, but they have family members that are saying, you know, why are you being so different? Why are you doing this? You're killing yourself. You know, they don't understand and they cave in all the time to these family members, but because they have all these have fears you ever seen a laughing they don't cow? understand. A laughing yeah. cow? They never no. laugh. <laughs> They're always very sad and true in their cod. And this is what I always tell people. 
I'm not downing anybody who eat cow meat. I'm not knocking them, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you, I made a choice not to eat meat because I think at one point I used to act like a cow. Why do you say that? <laughs> because sometimes people, when they eat certain animals, they take on the behavior mm. of the animal. Yeah. I really see yeah. that in my community, Sam. Yeah, the people, people eat meat. People eat a lot of barbecue food. They're something. very angry. You've experienced yes. this? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> they behave just like the, 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 the food they eat. They're very, I tell you that I eat the, the, the salad in the morning. They give me energy, right? Mm-hmm. I used to drink soup that's made from beef. I used to just fall asleep after I finished drinking. You get no mm-hmm. energy yeah. from stuff like that. Nothing. So, so now you feel super I am very energetic. And... Very, very energetic. That's why I tell you that I'll be 66, but I have the, the movement of a 40-year-old, you know? I might yeah. not, I might not yeah. look it because my job, because of my job, being a hairdresser for over 40 years, the way I position myself, it, it messed my posture up. So like when I, when I stand up, my, I don't like the shape of my back, you know, but it has mm-hmm. to do with my job. It don't, you know, it don't have so much to do yeah. with my age because people younger than me stand up straight at me, but they're, they're not in good health, so. I know people my age that have their backs are curved because they're sitting down yes. all the time in front of the computer. Yeah, the that, even so, on the yeah. phone with you now, I'm walking around because I'm not a sit-down person, you see? Yeah. Yeah. When I sit down, I get um, my sciatica because I don't want people to think that I don't have any issues like with pain and so, but it, it's not. But you found, you found a fix for your sciatica. Yeah, the, the yoga. But the sciatica is mm-hmm. not, my, my issues that I have is not a priority in my life. I don't focus on it because I know that if you have a body you got, and you have joints and you have veins and you have this and you have that and you have the body for so many years, it's not going to be the same every day. Don't make mm-hmm. nobody lie to you. You're going to feel pain. You're going to feel something, but you don't, you don't dwell on it. It's just like you have a car and the car is not running well. But you can still drive the car. You know, your body's, you know, you you have this body for a while. You're going to feel something. So I don't. I remember you said, I think that's too, that's one of the differences between you and I is like when I, if I feel pain, I'm like, okay, what caused it? How can I fix it? I want to get rid of it. There's like, I need to do something, Uh right? And I remember you said to me one time, like, pain is how you know you're still alive. Exactly. Give God thanks. Remember, like that. I used to <laughs> tell that to mom when I go into the bedroom. And I said, mom, how are you today? She said, Daryl, the pain. I said, oh, God is just trying to let you know that you're alive. You're not dead. That's right. You have to feel something. Because you have a body, you have flesh, you have bones, you have veins, you have, you know, you're going to feel yeah. them. Anytime you can feel things, that means that part of your body is dead. No, excruciating well, pain now, you know, pain that is, you feel like it's going to take your life. That's something you, you really think about it or you do something about it. But if it, you know, if you, if you sit down mm-hmm. and you start to hurt, get up and walk because you can walk it out. Right. Yeah. I do that. Yeah. It exactly. helps. It helps. Exactly. Pain. Yeah. 
Ma, thank you so much. I can't wait till our future episodes. We're going to be talking about your morning routine, Mm -hmm. which I think is critical. I think a lot of young people, especially young women my age who have families, can learn a lot from your morning routine and how it's evolved over time. We're going to talk about grandma and how her whole health journey has affected us as a family. And uh, lots of great topics. Do you have any closing words or closing statements you want to share? Well, my closing statement and closing word, especially on my Sabbath today, is like, you know, um, we we just have to pray for the world and pray for people because there is is hurting people in the world. Another person just come, I don't know if it's suicide, he's 20 years old, you probably see it on Facebook. Another person died yeah. today and he's only 20. He's an he's a actor. I think it's... Are yeah, you serious? Yeah, just, I just saw it a little before I, I speak to you. So we just have to be very prayerful, pray for people. Even if you don't know the people and pray for them, we have to pray for the world because we are the world, we are the people. And people mm-hmm. need prayer. There's a lot of hurting people, you know. And as I said... A lot of people don't know how to be happy. They think that somebody going to bring happiness in their life. If that was the case, I would be still searching for that someone. But that person that brings you happiness is you, yourself, alone. You create Mm -hmm. your own happiness. You have to create your own environment. When you get into your house, you lock your door. The only person going to be inside there may be just you. You got to make yourself be happy. So be prayerful. Thank you so much. Be prayerful until our next talk, okay? Thank you so much for listening today. Please be sure to subscribe so you're notified on all our future episodes when they're released.